Hi guys, Panda here. So you're probably going to notice over the course of listening to this episode that some of the info is out of date. Specifically, it was recorded a couple of months before the Sarah's Am I Stage show actually aired. So we didn't have a lot of information about it outside of some of the cast and some of the events and things that are mentioned as current in the episode are just out of date. Uh, due to some technical issues with the audio in this episode and also some personal issues on my part. I still hope that you enjoy the episode because I think it was pretty good. Hello and welcome to Kappa Connection. I am Panda. I am your host. This is a Sarah's Am I podcast from the creators of Imagine Me and Utena. I am here back after like Two months with my beautiful co-hosts, Yasha and Vana. How are you guys? Oh my god, so tired. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're fine. It's nighttime for you guys. Yeah. It sure is. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad that you guys stayed up to record with me because I have missed you dearly and I'm very excited for this episode because we have on... I would say, arguably, the internet's Sarah Zan, my expert, uh, <laughs> celebrity but on this is. podcast, uh, at, is it Anime Soak Megan? I don't know yeah. how to pronounce that, but that's it, what we've it, been it's saying. Like, it's like, um, it was like short for Anime Society, really, because I like to say it was like, to do with like, the Anime Society, which was, that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Neat. Well, hello. And is it, it's Megan or Megan? Yeah. It's okay. quite, it's quite Megan, yeah. Okay, Megan, how are you? We are so excited to have you on today. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm really excited to make my debut on the on audio channels. So I hope people <laughs> can. Um, I, I don't know what I did, but yeah, I'm, I hope people can, can enjoy it. Uh, so you are uh definitely like a big source of English language information on. Zanmai and have been uh, as far as I can tell from the very beginning how did you get involved with Sarah Zanmai? Uh, well I'd say if you want to go about like to the very very start it was like back in 2017 that like it was announced that Ikahara was going to be making an anime at Mappa and I do remember at that time like saying on Reddit or something like that you know Mappa is really on fire recently you know there's the spotlight and like, you know, if they can have a going to make anime, I mean, we don't know how that all turned out <laughs> with Mappa, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe, maybe we can talk about that a bit later, but, um, yeah, and then, then in, like, March 2018, the, like, teaser TVs came out, but, like, I, I don't, I, I, I think I probably watched them, but I, I don't think I, I like, saw any meta about it or really was, like, super interested at that point. And then, then it was in about October, November 2018 that the Connection uh, Zunagami like uh, PV, which is the first like public PV, which unveiled the um, the Capitrio, which came out. Oh, before that, there was in May 2018 there was a little veil of uh, Rayo and Mabu, the key visuals done by the game. So I, I do remember seeing that, but at the time I didn't think much about it. But yeah, so in like October, November 2018. It was the Connections TV, and I do remember, I think that was just when I was starting to actually tweet on my um, Twitter account, so I do remember, like, talking about it with uh, some of my mutuals, like, Shippen uh, Japan or Hanley or something mm-hmm. like that, and I remember, at that point, there wasn't, like, much information about this, like, the fact 
good in English. Like, the only really source we had on that was um, Ella, like, um, her, her current blog is called, like, Ogako no Kappa on Tumblr. She, she's, yeah. like, a, a, a great source for Dynamic Bank, especially in the early days yeah. of it. And, and she was, like, she was buying, like, these issues from Japan. She was, like, making summaries of it. Super duper into that. It's been like 95% of 
since then. <laughs> so, so yeah. what is it? What what is it? What aspect of Sarazanmai really hooked you, like emotionally speaking? What's the for you? What's the emotional center of the show? Like, what's what's really gets you into it? Um, I, I will say that um, originally I was just like a Rayo Mabu fan because you know mm-hmm. the Rosa Twitter and like the banter, like in like late February, early March, that's when I first got in contact with uh, Ella, who, who I mentioned a little, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. during that time, like the, the chapters which were just published in print, I didn't have access to, but I, I did have like some pictures which Ella had put on her Tumblr, and also I managed to find like online chapters. So at that mm-hmm. time, I was like tweeting about it. And I was in the way that they promoted the show to begin with i mean yeah that's that's kind of ikuhara's thing though isn't it yeah everything everything everything's a big mystery as hell (laughs) until it happens and then it's it's still a mystery to be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i I, I probably understood it better back then than i do now i mean that's 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 what ikuhara's doing yeah, really is. This made sense until I saw it. We need, we need like a catchy name for this phenomenon. Can we just call uh, it like cryptid anime? We should. We certainly can. <laughs> you should put on a tweet and like crowd solves the name of like the Ikahara phenomenon. Yeah, we need to ask the Ikahara effect. problems with tumblr with with like deleting all of your like your blogs when you were trying to curate this stuff no that that was that was uh Ella, that was right. I knew it was one of you guys. That is so insane. Like why did that happen? Um I I don't know. I I don't think she like found out the exact reason. I don't think they like got back to her in Customer service and like air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. So, uh, we, we don't know how that happened, but um, thankfully, I think she like managed to go through like the 
Ewoks, other people other people with Ewoks and her, like, get oh, okay. yeah, like, I don't get it, but that I can't believe that that happened. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. it's just nuts. <laughs> But that's why it's nice to keep your content off of the social media. Yeah. Like uh, on a website. That's like, one of the things. Like Cap- <laughs> yeah, like Capazon, I was yeah. going to say. And, you know, that other site, otore.nu, that those assholes run. Um, <laughs> but no. And people like, don't really make anime websites anymore. I mean, it's all it's about, sort of... like, blogs and, uh, like, social media accounts. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like, for Yomi and Ice, for instance, I, I do know that there are like something like, there's like a blog called Yo Meta, which is like basically an archive of like meta posts people have done about Yomi and Ice. There's also like probably a few like master posts like floating around. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. not like some comprehensive archive of information about that show or of most of the shows we do. Which no. is something I just want to have like a PSA moment about. It is super important for somebody to have their own damn website because when Tumblr disappears, all of that is gone. You don't yeah. have any control over Tumblr. Yeah. You, if you, you want only, to you save something, stuff, if you want to keep something, you have to keep it under your own control. Yeah. So. And I'm so glad, anybody like, I'm out glad there that this, that. like, <laughs> that you've made, like, the archive like that mm-hmm. for Sarah Zen Mike. Because I feel like fandoms get fed by the availability of that kind of information being somewhere where they know where it is. Yeah, well, I mean, coming from our perspective, it's like we've been here for 20 years and we've watched various social media platforms grow and mature and, and then die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. well, you'll, have, you'll have watched, like, most of them probably, you know, like, 20 years. That, that's, like, you know, going back to, I don't know, probably for any of the, like, current social media platforms. Yeah. Pretty mm. much. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's, like... They come and go, but the, the content journey's kind of with it a lot of the time. Well, and we've seen so many fandoms just basically get as extinguished because LJ went down or mm. because like what was what there was, was there a lot of series on my stuff on Tumblr? Because I feel like that was like that was so no, was on my kind of like came after Tumblr self immolated. So I yeah. feel like that probably yeah. like, self owned. I mean <laughs> I think the like Tumblr thing happened in like December of last year. So like I, I do remember like from looking on Ella's blog the world, like, I, I think to be honest, like, she seems to be like the main person who was really talking mm-hmm. about it, but she did get like mm-hmm. some interesting, like, anonymous. So I, I guess there were like some people who were, you know, interacting with her about it. There were like maybe like a handful of other blogs that were talking about it. But, yeah, it wasn't like a huge thing. Yeah, I, I'd say there were probably like, oh, sorry, um, at least as many people on Twitter, but I'd say like the early Twitter fandom, a lot of it was people who, um, like, um, the only saw banana fish um, because it was originally we thought it was going to be like a mapper anime. Yeah. Which, which, <laughs> 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 so, so, Bait and switch uh, on that one. I, I have never let the the mapper thing thing go. I mean, tangent of like next uh, in in winter twenty twenty there's like this anime about like anthropomorphic cats which is coming out and it's made by mapper and lapping track. Like I'm just gonna laugh so hard if like laughing tracks like does everything like that again. 
<laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, so like I know technically yeah. what happened, but I don't really, I don't have like a full yeah, grasp the, of the yeah. whole situation yeah. around that. And I know that. that there there are probably people listening who are more like casually into Sarah's and my that maybe don't necessarily know as much about that either. So can oh, yeah, you maybe sure. tell us tell us about that? Let's tangent for a minute. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, well, basically. The number one thing which I would recommend going to read is uh, Sakuga Blogs, books um, mm-hmm. about Dada Mai. They have like very in-depth um, dives into like episode one, two, seven. I think it was. Those are really interesting readings, especially if you want to, you know, see about the production side of things. In terms of what was going on between Mappa and Laughing Track, to be honest, I am not like one hundred percent sure because obviously those kind of production Back in like 
yeah, back, back in like November, what what started to get people interested was you know the the Mayo Man massacre and you know the, the whole gay dance aspect, and you know people. I think some people assumed that it was going to be like a, a, a pretty like cutesy, like it was very cutesy. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought people assumed that. I know that some people did go into it like thinking it, it was going to be more like the manga. Yeah, I know that, uh, for instance, like one of my uh, Twitter friends, Denki Mouse, like she she literally did not know anything about Ikahama's performance. Like she. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that, act- that seems to be like pretty. It's an interestingly common thing to have happened with this show that it yeah. seems to have attracted people who are not really familiar with Ikahara before and thus are extremely confused. <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of people that came into it from like kind of more the BL end of it with yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the mouth yeah, stuff. I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. Dexy Mouth, she was like I think she said like she first she she first like realized the existence of Dying Man when she was like, it was like a PV. I think the connection PV was played during, for the first time, during the broadcast of Banana Fish in Japan, because they ran in like the oh, same, yeah. the same time okay. slot. slot. Yeah, the time slot. Mm-hmm. On, uh, that makes on, a lot of sense. Yeah. Not, no, Tamina, it, it's like animation spelled back. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she, she, oh, she like. I never noticed that. I feel really <laughs> dumb. I just never looked at it. It's just like, oh, that's a name of a thing, and I never oh. thought about it. <laughs> I've got so dumb good. bitch disease. I'm sorry. You'll be all right. So, sorry, okay. to, uh, so, sorry to blow your mind like that. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she, she was like, she really liked, she liked Okiyama, who mm-hmm. he played like Yorio and stuff like that. So she really liked him. And then, then she liked Deke Morris, who she found about, you know, like Mayo Mouth. So back, back then it was just like very cute and like no one used like the hell. Yeah, we knew. I I feel like I have a good body of experience with, you know, the original manga for a thing showing up and then Nikuhara doing another thing with it. Yeah. Because it's literally the same thing that they did with Uchida. Because like the first uh, issues of the manga that came out were like that dumb crap with the with her aunt yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then the show aired and you're like, what the what? fuck? <laughs> so I was kind of expecting a psych out and I always felt that Rayo and Mabu looked like they had like, that same energy. Too, too normal. And I'm like, these, I don't buy this cutesy uwu dash. Okay, but Ikuhara <laughs> did psych us out. <laughs> Ikuhara did psych us out with Kepi though. He did. Because that was we, we, we were like halfway convinced Kepi was going to be a villain. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I was, like, after, after, like, in the novel, after it came out, after, like, in between episodes one and two, like, when mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, the evil, you know, dad Kevin Spare thing, like, came out of, like, Kevin, I was like, oh, this is it, he's gonna be, like, the final villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we did not know about, like, the existence of, like, the Otter or anything yet. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, the yeah. Avatar kind of came out of we nowhere. no idea <laughs> of the concepts in store for us. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, it was an Ikuhara anime, and they were like, here's a prince. And I'm like, that's, oh, that's going to be a bad villain. <laughs> I, I, I think like, Ikuhara literally like, subverted himself. It did, <laughs> it did. <laughs> he because... self-owned. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, he definitely did, because there's like, there's the, like that psych out, and the whole like, Oh, him splitting off from 
you know, the good, and the, I get it. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I, honestly, I was waiting for him to, like, do something to one of the kids or something. Like, them and uh, ruin I, their life or kill their parents. I, who knows? To be fair, like, which kept me, like, I will say, like, obviously he wasn't, like, a bad guy in the end, but you could say, like, he never really cared about kids. Like, he, he, was, yeah. he was, like, he was, like, just in it for himself, really. Like, he was just using Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. As royalty do. <laughs> I mean, it's, he asked for their help. Well, I I don't know that he asked. <laughs> really. he, he asked it first until they called him a frog. <laughs> that that wasn't an ask. That was a royal ask. No, that that was that an was... ask up until they insulted him, and then it became a tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in terms of uh, Mayo and Marvin villains, like, I remember. Um, I think, like, maybe some people on, like, my Adon, that's when he had show his cat was saying, you know, like, maybe he could be a villain, you know, like, maybe some people on Ellen's Tumblr. I think they even tweeted, like, before the, for, for the, the, the final TV, like, early, about March 13th, when that came out. I think I did tweet a couple of times, but, you know, there are some, like, villain likes going off with Rio. But, um... Well, the teeth. The teeth are <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like the teeth were kind of like mm. yeah. One look at those teeth, and we we're like, mm. <laughs> and also, um, I think like his line in the connections TV, like his yes. line was like way darker than anyone else. He was like, um, yeah, you know, humans yeah. are foolish. What else did he say? But yeah, mm-hmm. like he, the, the major villain was yeah. That then in, we got the like final TV in like March thirteenth. And then mm-hmm. it was just like, I remember just watching it in my own. But they, they are literally villains. But like, I, I, had, I had literally, but the thing was just running at like a million miles an hour, just trying to figure out, you know. I, I recommend, if you haven't seen that TV, listeners, just to like go watch it. Because that, that oh, was, I remember that one. That was what we had to. That's what we on. had to work from. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a month. Oh, like that was so was, bizarre. That was like one of theories going on, but it was literally it was like the first shot of Carol Sawyer when it's just like them on like that black background yes. throwing the hats into the air, and then it was like the Zaya extraction machine and they were like destroying Patakusa. I, I, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember tweeting like it can't explain why why are they all about like destroying Patakusa? But um, <laughs> to be fair, that, that is like the one thing he's ever explained to. Seen Rose of Versailles? Fuck yeah, her. yeah. Of course did he you said that. He did. He, he sure literally did. did. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it constantly. And then I don't know. My favorite is still the time where he said that he consulted with a raccoon on how to do Utena. Oh, I forgot about the raccoon. You can't just mention it. You can't just throw them on there and like. I'm just giving you examples of 
why we don't trust Ikuhara or anything he's he says. He's an unreliable narrator of his own work. I think he has, like, uh, settled down a little bit with his recent interviews. Like, he, he's actually, like, making mm-hmm. at least some sense. Like, <laughs> he, hasn't had, he hasn't had, like, a huge amount of interviews for Zazan mm-hmm. but if, if you go on, like, episodes, you can find them. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, has, he has actually like made a surprising amount of sense in his interviews this time around. Like, he, he doesn't like he doesn't tend to talk about the actual plot like he's not. He's, he's been talking more about his you know influences and you know the process of how the red line came about. Mm-hmm. Although he, he, he did like he did say some interesting things about back after about episode six aired, he said like some pretty interesting things about what his intentions were with. Ikuhara said gay rights. <laughs> yeah. He said it. Well, okay, that, 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 that's it. not news, but yeah. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's just the, you know, that particular word, you know, like, I should. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. It, 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 for those of you guys who know Japanese, you'll know that that is like a very, very strong word. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not about used in episode 10, I mean, we, we know that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it's yeah, because like, usually they would use suki. First time we have talked about Ikahara and his boyfriend Hideaki Anno. Following me since about 10, I did um, 
have some threads going into mm. like, that. But um, so yeah, that that was that was something that happened. That was, it's almost like that he snuck really that in, and like, like there's all of this, everything else around Sarah's Zenmai, and then while nobody was looking, it was like surprise, super legitimate gay stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're kind of used to him dancing around the subject, and I mean, I guess they dance around. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they dance around it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in, in like that early episode where. Uh, So we've yeah. talked about Ikahara, but like, how did you get into like, what is your history with Ikahara's work? Um, oh, well, I, yeah. I say... What's... Oh, sorry, you listening? No, go right ahead. Okay. Um... Yeah, you guys shut up. Let our guests talk. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, okay, you were so... so happy to have us back, and now you're telling us to shut up. I what can, is this, Panda? I am a, a, a complex person with many needs, and sometimes I want you to talk, and sometimes I want you to shut up. All right. <laughs> uh, then, um, well, I said, like, probably the very first Ikara I ever was probably, like, Sailor Moon back in, like, but I just had, like, tapes of it on VHS. Uh, that, that said, I didn't know that it was, you know, who made it, but, like, I, I probably did, like, watch some of the episodes that I did on, like, season one of it. Mm-hmm. So, that, that will be when I was, like, seven years old. Six or seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but then, like, I, I feel like the, the actual, like, first watching of it kind of anime was, I actually can't remember what I watched it, but I, I did watch it internet because it, it's, like, obviously very highly praised, you know, like, it's, like, one of the prestigious anime which you've you got to watch to have, you know, Entry to the Anime Elitist Club, along with like Legend of the Fighting, <laughs> which I have also watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched that at Anime Club when I was fifteen. <laughs> so that was like twenty-two years ago. <laughs> that's a flex. Yeah, that's me flexing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I-, I will say like I-, I think I didn't like get super into internet on like my first go through because like. Mm-hmm. You guys probably agree with me that it is like the densest in Halloween. Yes. And like, definitely. When I watched it, which was probably in 2017, it was like, is that your cat? Yeah, that's Sam, probably. That's Sam. (laughs) Our frequent co host, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, hi, Sam, my uh, valued uh, co host on this program. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah, my first go through internet, it was like, um, obviously, when I was watching it in 20, it's probably in 2017 or maybe early 2018, it was like, you know, 20 years old by then. And I think even you guys probably agree, it, it has aged. In oh, terms oh, of, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and like, it, it obviously has you know, like, some great visuals in it, but especially the, the TV anime, like, Lots of still frames and like weird, mm, weird faces yeah. from time to time. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's like quite There's a lot about it that's aged. Yeah, and it's like it's like quite a long series. Like being you know the fact that newer generation of anime fans are more used to you know twelve episode series. Yeah, like thirty six, excluding the recaps, and also like 
there are parts of it which, on the, especially when the place goes through, you might see it like filler-ish, like you know the, mm-hmm. the Nanami episodes, the like the Black Rose stand. You're like, I, I remember like really not liking those episodes when the place goes through. Like, it seems quite. They don't make sense. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, it seems like quite repetitive, and like those characters were like repetitive because they were like quite minor characters, which I wasn't like as interested in as like the main cast. It felt like there wasn't as much progress with Uta and Axe's relationship during those episodes. But then in like the the final two arcs, things definitely did um, look up a bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. like when first go through, I was like. I, I, I did appreciate it as like a work of art, but I, I felt like I didn't understand it very well. Other mm-hmm. than just, you know, the general, like the, what, what it makes very obvious about the theme of, you know, like, you know, revolutionising the world, and, you know, being your own person, breaking free of um, patriarchal constraints, especially around, you know, gender and sexuality. I mean, I, I think like anyone will be able to understand those themes of, of almost anyone, I don't know, maybe you see like really dumb people over, over the attacking the fandom, but um... We're, we're not going to get into what we've yeah. seen in our time in the well, fandom. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know you're running with um, the less savoury Akio, well, <laughs> the Akio fans. Any, yeah. any. Well, all, 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 all of you have this. information than there is for Sarah's and Mike because we just didn't have the same kinds of like channels on the internet yet yeah but it was definitely very mixed even as it came out but to be fair to it it came out after Utena and we hell of an all, act to follow yeah we yeah. were all like it, it <laughs> <laughs> and it was so absolutely a completely like different beast entirely so I think a lot of people 
kind of judged it more harshly because of that. And I kind of wonder if, like, the, the sequence had been mixed up, if, like, Yurikuma had come first and then Penguin Drum or something like that. Like, I feel like whichever of these three shows that came after, if it had gone right after, would have been less critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah, that was just... And I think when Sarah's anime, like, I feel the, the reception to it, like, it did come at a better time because, you know, like, Ikihara has had, you know, like, two other post-internet anime, mm-hmm. so I think people, you know, had got slightly more used to not judging him just, you know, on the basis of internet or, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like, a Sailor Moon S. So, I think people, mm-hmm. people had, you know, people a bit more used to seeing something a bit different from him to, to like, his... Italy works, and especially mm-hmm. like I would say like Sarah's anime, especially with you know the like pictograph people, which were like important for criticism, it did mm-hmm. feel like the early TV when it was, it did feel like it was going to be a bit similar to pictograph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in That's definitely of, like, what I thought. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, um, like, I guess I'll put the question to you guys. Like, in, in terms of like Sarah's anime, like which which ones are the worst? Well, I haven't seen Yurikuma, so I can't really speak to that, but I see a lot of the, like, like having watched, like, the first handful of episodes of Penguin Drum, I can really see, yeah, like, yeah, the, aesthetic the, 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 yeah, like, they've got a very similar aesthetic, and, like, also, well, you can just, like, director, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. similar threads there. Like, I feel like it, it seems like every series that have, Ikahara has made so far is, like, sort of building on top of each other, culminating <laughs> currently in Sarah's and Mai. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious to watch Yurikuma. I haven't yet, but I'm curious to see whether it's as, as self-referential. Because Sarah's and Mai is, like, very self-referential. <laughs> well, and also referential in general. Just, yeah, yeah, in general. There's a you lot. Mean, you mean self-referential to other Ikahara? Yeah, like, he just seems like he's referring to his own work quite frequently. Like, there's a couple shots um, near the end that are very, like, it's the same gateway that they use. In oh, the yeah. Like, the same a... road lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I think I tweeted about this, like, when episode 11 mm-hmm. came out. But, yeah, it like the, like, the sequence of episode 11 where, like, they're, like, going to, like, Kazuki in the past Maybe, maybe that's the future. Maybe 
about the future timeline. Yuri Kuma is the is the Amsterdam campus. I agree with the future timeline comment. We're gonna be watching Yuri Kuma out like out for my Utana podcast and yeah. that's gonna be something. <laughs> I remember early on um, when it was clear that we were going to do like a male character driven show with this one. There was a lot of talk in the Ikuhara fandoms like spaces about it being basically, oh, well, we did Yuri Kuma and that one was the the lesbian one. And now we're going to do Sarah's Zenbai for the boys. And there was a lot of expectation that they were going to be kind of a batched set almost. But mm. I can't speak to whether that actually panned out that way. Do you think it did at all? Or Yeah, in your opinion, do you think that um, Sarah Zanmaya and Yuri Kuma, like, keeping in mind that out of um, the four people on this podcast, three of them have not seen Yuri Kuma, um, <laughs> do you feel like they're kind of a matched set or, like, bookending the same issue? Calling you my coworker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're I mean, good like, 
the older Japan, and, like the Catholic Kingdom. Like they are basically like. I think like in a couple of interviews, like the chef mentioned, they were going through a bit of a Taisho ever look for them, which was I think they did mm-hmm. in the early twentieth century. So mm-hmm. I, I think like Ikihara was going for something. In his interviews, he does like mention you know like, aging and how things were during his childhood quite a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it does seem like Ikihara is looking at like recent changes in Japanese society or world society very positively, quite a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I did wonder if that like also applies to treatment of um, you know gay men or gay people in general in Japanese society because you know during his childhood that definitely wasn't better but I guess if you go back to you know pre Meiji Restoration there was like so, some level of acceptance of at least you know like gay men and, you know male mm-hmm. slash male relationships which the like westernization of Japan did did like reduce quite a lot. I mean, you, you can probably, if you don't know about that, you can probably listen to you can probably like go Google it. There's various information about that. So, but I, I do wonder if Carol was like moving towards that kind of change in Japan with you know the mm-hmm. like the Kappa Kingdom, like that they literally like the retainers, like vassals to mm-hmm. to literally like you know prince of the Kappa Kingdom, and like they they seem to be the like sort of like very blatantly a kind of couple, and like kept mm-hmm. it. Especially in, in like the novels, like some like thoughts from Kepi, like he does like seem very supportive of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, with like Kepi's of being like quite pro, you know, pro LGBT compared to the others, which are you know spend most of the anime trying to rip rail on that affair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, so- refreshing to see queerness in an anime that isn't like that they don't have to face homophobia even if it's like mm-hmm. unrealistic even when there's characters that maybe aren't necessarily like like you're not supposed to dislike them but you can still feel like sort of a homophobia around the way that they're being portrayed at all it just sort of can yeah. be like ugh. and I'm I don't know I, I like seeing their relationship and not having to see people be like what too Men, it's oh, kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. I, I think the flip side. I, I won't say Thunder. Have you watched uh, Yuri on Ice? I okay. You're you're right. I haven't, and I have heard that about Yuri on Ice too. So I'm glad to see that this is. I I, I certainly don't think that Sarah Zama is like. Uh, well, it, like the first, I was gonna say a pioneer, but I don't really like that phrasing either. But mm. I'm I'm glad to see things like that, like Sarah Zamai and Yuri on Ice, happening now. And Yasha Danvana, were you with me when we saw the pro LGBT demonstration no, out in? Actually, we weren't in Tokyo. I don't remember where we were exactly, but I think maybe I was with Abby or Shelly. I was w- with somebody and I took a picture. There was like some flags and stuff and like a guy uh, speaking into a microphone like in front of like a truck. And I, you know, I don't really know Japanese uh, so I didn't really know exactly what was going on. But it was it was pleasant uh, to think, see like the rainbow flags and stuff. Yeah, I, I think it might have been, it may have been um, I think a couple of months ago there was like this legal move by some Japanese uh, same-sex couples to like bring like a legal case against the government to try and legalize gay marriage in the country. So it might have been like a yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it was a couple of months ago, time. so that was probably yeah. what was what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, yeah. it was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Well, we should probably get into this a little bit, Panda, um, because this is something that's maybe not necessarily widely disseminated, but weren't when we were in Japan, we were basically informed by one of the people who lives there that gay rights were becoming a much bigger thing and it was starting to be cool to be gay because of some television show that yeah, had come out like with gay characters. There was a TV super, right super popular TV I show. I don't remember what the TV show was, but I do remember yeah. this conversation. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, we, were, we even had like posters of it pointed out and it was just everywhere. Yeah. And it was very... <clears throat> it was, but it, it was like a live action show, so <laughs> not something we would probably know about much. Oh, well, stateside. Uh, if, if anyone listening to this like would know what show that is, please yeah. write in. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Please feel free because that, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's very interesting, and I'd love to know more about it. But we were quite consumed with the musical while we were there. <laughs> but but it's yeah, but it's getting apparently more, more normalized. Yeah, it's becoming it's more normalized and more mainstreaming, and um, gay rights are getting more acceptance there. And I think that's really interesting that there's this kind of cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. going on where gay rights are becoming more prominent in Japanese politics but honestly I don't like all all we've seen is this tiny little piece of it yeah so I'm wondering much. how Sarazan my relates to that and whether it got a warmer reception in Japan because of that mm-hmm. or well, that well I do know like when we were there um there's like a fad in Harajuku for for like gay fashion like basically mm-hmm. is, is the idea is like dressing literally explicitly to seem like you're gay <laughs> and like things like that or or like you know very androgynous looks and things like that yeah like there's um, like Yodi gender Kondo. Sec- yeah i was reading is, a, yes. a list and yoni kondo the guy who plays mamia in the musical is one of like the top androgynous um harajuku style yeah harajuku style there's a name for it but it is yeah but it's like that kind of thing. So you're getting more like LGBT. Yeah, like like, like it's becoming cool. Yeah, <laughs> and people are thinking about it more. So Look, I guess you know us, progress. Us LGBT people always knew that we were cooler than you because we were LGBT. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I, I will say in terms of um, like how Zara fits into it. I mean, to be honest, mm-hmm. like, I, I do find it like quite difficult to read like a lot of what the Japanese fandom tends to say because, like, they they use like all kinds of like um, irregular slang and like really complicated vocabulary mm-hmm. and stuff. So, like, to be honest, but like, I I don't read that too often. But I mean, I would say like I think Japanese fandom tends like emphasis on tends because this is obviously like a blanket statement, which doesn't mm-hmm. apply to everyone. But like, I think Japanese fandom would tend to see like stuff like you know Yori and I saw. To be like mainly fictional, like mm-hmm. some people might see it as gay rights, but I think most people probably tend towards seeing it as you know, like mock, mock shipping, like you know, to appeal mm-hmm. to um, the Kujoshi crowd, which you know, and I like, mean, that's fair, it's completely fine. Like, I, I have absolutely mm-hmm. no issue with with that appeal or for people to, I mean, obviously, I, I'm into kind of thing myself so criticizing it would be like very hypocritical of me mm-hmm. but I mean mm-hmm. like to, to be fair like, I would say that kind of show it, it's not 
explicitly like intended for LGBT audience, mm-hmm. or, or at least like it could include you know like uh, LGBT women who make up a certain proportion of the jury, but like mm-hmm. it, it it is there is tendency like there's always a divide between you know, like fiction and reality. Like a lot of people do just watch this kind of stuff you know for the fun shipping. But I mean I, I would mm-hmm. say like um, I haven't I don't believe I've seen any Japanese fans talk about the show in terms of relation to real life LGBT issues mm-hmm. LGBT mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't deny whether some fans have thought of it in that way I don't really follow the mm-hmm. comments on it mm-hmm. well we actually um, visited the, the area when we were in Tokyo and like they've actually embraced Sarazenma as kind of like a tourist mm-hmm. or, or like tourism thing or re- well they have like they have like that map and there's like little like we saw like there's lots of little Sarazenma yeah, references and stuff here and there and, and all kinds of stuff yeah and I think it's it's interesting whether it's really more of a shipping thing or actually would be considered rep that either way an entire area of Tokyo is like this is cool and legit and represents us well and, and there's also <laughs> There's also gay stuff in it, and that's fine. Yeah. Which I, I think is interesting because that's a, a choice that they're willing to... It's normalized enough that they're willing to embrace that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say, like, with uh, just to reference your and ice game, like, they have, you know, like, the town of... I can't remember the name of it. It's like the real-life town, which is set to based on. Like, I think they even, like, had a, maybe a collab with, like, the whole saga of like that. So they do have like mm-hmm. official collabs going on with the towns over there, mm-hmm. which is you know where the town where you're in lives is based on. And I, I mm-hmm. would say like some people do have an opinion that one of the reasons why um, you know like the merch always be like 100% explicit about you know confirming your victim relationship is partly to do with you know the, the range of investors that were involved with the show mm-hmm. and you know like mm-hmm. having you know like a 100 confirmed you know kind of gay company mm-hmm. is controversial for some stakeholders so yeah it, it is mm-hmm. quite impressive that um you know there's that night where it kind of just like you know threw caution to the wind and was just like we are going like 100 percent kind of this way <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean I, it, it's just like I would like to know how I actually came about. Like, I wonder. I, I didn't wonder if you got like any pushback to how you know how both romantically. Ikuhara like, is well versed in avoiding potential pushback. Yeah, I mean, well, Ikuhara's got a track record with that with he, his stakeholders. We do know he said that when he submitted the pitch that that night, he, he did not mention votes. <laughs> yeah, he left out all the butt stuff. No, I would say, I would say, Ikuhara being the bullshit artist he is, um, mm-hmm. probably managed to avoid any chance of pushback until it was far too late for yeah. anyone to do anything about it. I think yeah. at this point, if you're a stakeholder and and you're investing in in, in this shit, I feel like you should be ready. <laughs> You know what you're buying with Ikuhara. If you don't know what you're point, in for at this point, that's on you. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. Look, if Ikuhara manages to convince you to give him money, you should probably do your research. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I guess I'd like to talk a bit about more like Ikara's well, Ikara and Osuma because Osuma was also like very important to the yeah. of Zazanai. Um mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how they depicted like my 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 favourite couple, um, Mayo and Mount. So if you have any like um questions you'd like to ask about um their like depiction, especially with you know like the, the novel and stuff, having a lot of different layers to it. I actually, I haven't, I don't really know very much about the novel because I haven't yeah, I, taken a look at it like yet. Can you a rundown on that? Because, like, for one, we've been kind of avoiding spoilers, so anything we haven't done an episode about, we probably haven't gone through yet. We will so, get to. We have, yeah, we have we'll plans. get to it. But eh, the musical happened and it was sort of like a <laughs> meteor crashing into our lives and we're still just trying to restart everything here. But yeah, um, that's so but if you want to give us a, a little bit of the uh, rundown on the novel itself, I would love that. Like a summary yeah, of like, like what does it cover? What's what's in it? What's Are there differences between the novel and the anime? Because like, it covers from episodes one to six. Uh, well, there's, there's there's two different novels. There's like the first okay. one and the, the second one. The first one covers episodes one to six, and the second one mm-hmm. covers episodes seven to eleven. But the the second one does have like quite a lot more content. I think like it was basically stated that the extra content in number two is like a, about the length of like extra anime episodes. Okay. So in terms of like differences. I will say, like, all, all of the events that are in the, the anime do still happen in the novel. I, in fact, I think, like, I think the novel is, like, actually canon to the anime. Like, okay. Okay. So, like... That's not... I, that's I, a little unusual for Ikahara. Normally, each yeah. iteration is, like, its own uh, distinct thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I haven't... I, I don't really know much about the, like, John Cooper or novels. I, I do know that, that the Penguin novel, I think, did like include some stuff which had to be cut out of the anime, but um, I don't know much further about it. But yeah, so so basically Osmid, yeah, Osmid did say that, like, the, the extra information about, like, Veil and Mount in the novel is canon to, you know, their anime and the important versions. And, like, she, she actually did say that, like, you know, the, the Twitter, they are now manga, they are now anime, novel, they, they are all like the same people, the same timeline, mm-hmm. there's like no alternate universe to go into it. Okay. So, like, um. So, so, yeah. so Rayo and Mabu raise. Oh, we're talking about the novel. Oh, oh it, it's, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine to talk about. No, the, um, <laughs> no actually, but. Vanna had to step away I had for, to step a moment, away for a moment, so she a... she missed some of what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, it's, but, it's okay. Um, but um, yeah, I, I can talk a little bit about um. So I think the manga does still have like quite a confusing role in the timeline. Like it really hasn't yeah. been very well explained how it like fits into things. <laughs> well, I was thinking like my the thing that I'm laughing at at this point is that if they're all like in the same universe then then they raised the girl they, they raised Sarah. They raised Sarah for their boss boss to marry. Um huh. it's like <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I mean I, I mean no, I mean I, uh, hmm, I, I, I I guess so, but like I mean it, <laughs> 
okay, I guess I'm the first person that did the Parsons. Um, I, mean, I, I, I guess that is quite funny because it's like Kessie is the same age as Rayo Rabba, like, Rayo, Rayo Rabba, like, adults when they're raising Sarah, like, is there, like, a big mm-hmm. age gap between Sarah and Kessie? Like, wow. I don't know, it, it could have an <laughs> no, he don't, don't ask for it. Don't He's ask a for prince after all. I, I feel like if he explains it, it'll just make it worse. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem. You can't ask him to explain anything. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, have to step away from that. The yeah, the timeline is quite quite confusing because like actually, I'll, I'll explain like what happens in the novel first. Uh-huh. So the first novel is like almost the same as what happens in the anime, except for like one extra scene. Which we know as the main scene, which is about so. So this was this was actually like quite a sea switch change, my understanding of Zanzai back in when the first novel came out, just after um, episode one came out. So like back then, like all we knew of Rayo Rabbit was like you know a very cute couple, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like um like we we did not know anything about their backstory or, you know, how they first met one. There was, like, very little serious things going on with them. But mm-hmm. the main scene, it, it was basically, like, it's quite a big chapter. You know, like, kind of big thing. But you, you can go and read this on, on my site, Captain. I've got, like, full translations there. But, um, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, like, a very big chapter. But, uh, sorry, um, it's about, like, Rayo, who is, like, a really dear, and I guess, like, Marvel, the quote-unquote, like, fake Marvel, what he believed to be, has, like, left mm. to go to maintenance, and, like, Rayo is, like, reminiscing about his childhood, and he was, like, homeless, and, like, I, I guess it's just, like, the fact that Marvel came and, like, saved him, and, like, you know, put out his, you know, like, uh, pale white hand to, you know, in front of him, and, and Rayo says, you know, like, I... It does actually give some insight into like his perspective on life. He does say like referring to you know his childhood. He, he literally says like I, you know I wish that the world would dry up. So that's his like you know quite nihilistic outlook, which I think does in some ways like inform how we see his character. You know during like episode eight, for example, he's quite mercilessly killing people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, just a tangent, like for um, for for you guys, Yasha and is, is it Giovanna? Yep. Oh, I, I didn't know whether I pronounced it correctly. Um, yeah, I, you got it right. Uh, you can just call her Vanna. <laughs> it's <Vanna>. easier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. So um, yeah, so if I remember correctly, like it seems like you were very much Rayo fans back then. Is he like your favorite? Oh hell character? yeah! <laughs> Rayo and Mabu are great because. <laughs> We see a lot of ourselves in them. Except we don't just really want one or the other. We kind of take turns. I like. I always kind of like like the yeah shit character. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we uh, yeah you know. we, we we know that. <laughs> <laughs> owned. That was a self owned actually. Own. That's literally the brand. <laughs> I mean, okay. fair. So fine, fine. Uh, I did, yeah, I did like, I liked Rayo the most because mm-hmm. he did shit, like, shoot up a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Out of love, though. Out of love. <laughs> you know, he probably has more emotional.
emotional range than the characters I usually like. So I mean, that's true. So there's that. No, I, I was immediately, like, drawn to his character just by his design because he looked like he was going to be that guy. Yeah. Like, there was there was really no <laughs> subterfuge in the designs. Like, they're yeah. very, like, what you see is what you get. Because mm-hmm. they're drawn to be, like, that certain, like, set of tropes and they just went right away with, with that. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, like it was very truth in advertising with the both of them. Yeah, which is fun. uh, Getting back to the the novels, so yeah, Mm -hmm. novel one just has like that whole big scene about like I I say big one is like a very beautiful and like quite emotional scene, which I think like Mm -hmm. does add like a huge amount to it as a character. But yeah, it's just like that very one shot scene in novel one. But like novel two has like. In lots of stuff. The, the, there's like some extra scenes with the cafeteria, like I think there's like a chicai mm-hmm. and inter extra scenes, stuff like that, but um, mm-hmm. stuff which I have actually translated to do with uh, Rayo Man, of course. And like, mm-hmm. there's like a couple of like different things which like go throughout the second novel. Like, um, like the thing number one is like, um, has Banda just disappeared? Um, uh, you cut out there for a second. Can you read that? Uh, where's Panda gone? Is Panda still there? Ah, motherfucker. Okay. Okay, well, uh, let's just cut this out of the, uh... Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. edit, I'll edit around all this. The audience yeah, will have no idea it happened. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that stuff happens all the time. We got this. <laughs> Oh, I won't go into technical difficulties that we've had to endure uh, podcasting, but I cut out right yeah. after Vana got owned for liking dummies. Uh, really? Oh, well. I... Okay. Y'all shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they're not dummies. They're terrible, but they're not generally dummies. I don't know. Sanji? Okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll continue on anyway. from where I was. Yeah. I, um, so, I'll, I'll, I'll give you like five seconds and then we can Okay. Um, so yeah, in, in the second novel, there's like a few major things which like run through it. Like thing number one is like Mav having like dreams during maintenance. Like every every time he like goes to like the altar to have himself, you know, you know, like service, <laughs> he like dreams of Rayo when you know when they were children, like their childhood together. So mm-hmm. that's quite interesting for you know, firstly like you know Mav's feelings about Rayo and also um, you know Rayo's character development you know I've seen it gradually but the, the, the very start of episode of, of, um, of novel 2 episode 7 the, the novelization of that it's like Rayo used to say that you know he like basically hates everything you know like he um, he hates you know he hates rain he hates rich people because you know he's, he's like a poor character that, that's where you know plays into like the, the colorism Parts of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he hates bats, he hates studying, like, there's a whole list of it. Like, Leo, <laughs> Leo has like quite a negative outlook on life at that point, which is like some, some of the time after he met, after he, he met Mav, and um, Mav says to him, uh, let's, let's, let's make a promise that you know you will never say the word hates ever again. So that they make Chapter she just called Dream, and it's like Mab's perspective on a 
of when he met Leo, so it's like the big scene from, from his perspective, so like, there's this line which became like a bit of a meme, where Mabu, Mabu literally, I, I should pronounce his name Mabu, Mabu. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, no, no one's gonna, uh, yeah, no one's gonna want to do that, but um, <laughs> he, he comes across like, you know, Mayo, like, in, you know, like, dirty, and, you know, in these, like, tiny clothes, and, like, being stole food from, from whoever, and, like, he, he literally says, like, you know, like, someone sitting there with, you know, his golden hair, which is telling me, and, like, he literally says, he looks like God. That's cute. Yeah, so I, I think that was the point when the debate of, you know, like, who fell first? Was it just like, you know, mutual pining? Was it like Fred Silver was like, mm-hmm. no, literally, like, that Mabu was literally just like walking along and like, he, 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 <laughs> well, well, yeah, if, if you could describe as like, you know, looking at a kid and like, he, he literally was like, God. <laughs> And then in the, mm-hmm. in the rest of the scene, like he, he does talk a little bit about, um, like you know, Mab's feelings, Mab's feelings about Mayo, you know, like when he smiles, you know, he, he looks like some like very like corny and sweet things like that. Mm-hmm. And then then he like wakes up during maintenance, and the other is like, we didn't install a dream function on you, Mabu. <laughs> and then he's like going home. You know, on the way back to the, the police station, he's just, you know, thinking about, um, about Rayo, and, like, he says that he actually likes me, I guess, because that's when he met Rayo for the first time. But then he remembers, um, about another promise, and he, um, decides to push back home. Um, so yeah, and then later on in episode 10, he also has some extra content. So, but there's like, there's like um, I'd say the main things are, well, there's like a really heartbreaking bit, um, like, the bit where like Mayo is like rejecting Mabu when they're on that like, um, the like platform which is like jutting into the percent which Mabu Mabu then falls on a bit later. Mm-hmm. Like, Mayo doesn't just say what he says in the anime, like, before that he literally says, like, I, I would not care if your heart's up, like, he literally says, like, he wouldn't care if the fake Mabu died. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds Ouch. like they put a lot of like Ray and Mabu's arc in the novels where they didn't yes. put it in the show. Yeah, that that, that is true. That you can you can understand most of the things based on just the anime, but like there are a couple of things in episode ten, especially I would say, which like you know when when Rayo says um but he's you know rejecting the quote unquote fake Mabu and he says you know like you're not the Mabu who found me when I was alone. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that, that's only explained in the novel, like, you can only really understand what he's talking about if you read the novel. And also, yeah, yeah. later on, when we're on, like, Atticus and Bridge, and Rayo is like, Mabu, you won't feel promised twice now, like, you can't understand mm-hmm. that if you didn't read the novel either. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I wonder if that meant they wanted it to be a longer show. Like, I wonder if the original pitch had, had been longer, mm-hmm. or if it had always been, like... I believe probably it could have a, like, with the way, like, anime production is these days, he was probably always planning for, like, maybe 12 or 11 episodes. But mm-hmm. I, didn't I, that I, asshole say, though, didn't that asshole say that he wished that it had been longer? Um, 
That's the Iku Horus thing. I don't, I don't recall, but um, he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but I I remember us making a big fucking fuss about it because Ikuhara tweeted something about wishing that Sarazanmai was longer, and Vana and I were like, "You're, you're the, the director. You're the one that makes it longer, dude." <laughs> oh, um, oh, I, I believe that was in the. The Jinchu, like, stuff the Jinchu, where Ikara said, like, I, like, I really miss it, you know, I'm in pain that we've lost friends, I was like, like, you know, give me a good record for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> dude, you go make one. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but. there's, okay, the, I made, there's an episode that's going to come out, uh, tomorrow on the day that we record this, but, uh, it will have already come out by the time anyone hears this recording. We, uh, speculated about the musical and how, uh, the, the two people that I brought onto the show and I, uh, have, we, our theory about the, the upcoming Sarah Zanmai stage show is that it's going to be another Sarah Zanmai story, like not necessarily an adaptation of the the original anime. I don't know if there's any uh, basis to that, but that was uh, our theory. Oh, that's, I, that's quite interesting. Um, isn't the name of it like another Sarah Zanmai or something? Yeah. Like it, well, it's, it's like, I think yeah, it's called like another Sarah Zanmai or something. It's, it's, it's I don't called, remember. It's, it's basically like a fun. It's like. the information we had to go on for the first Utena musical. Well, I mean, they, we didn't yeah, know whether it was yeah. going to be a retelling or they didn't tell us yeah, anything about the plot ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to get that information well, it, before it, I'm presuming it's not a sequel because they they hired someone to play Chikai. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so They hired Sionji to play yes, Chikai. They hired <laughs> sure did. <laughs> That's that's not really where I felt that was gonna go, but you know what? Though sure. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm down for it. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm sure that someone will try to acquire yeah. any stream that might happen. Yeah, well, um, I, I would say, I would say, this, if, even if it's not a stream, there's like over ninety percent chance that there will be, you know, a BD definitely. release because, yeah, like, that's what I'm counting on. I mean, to, to be fair, like you, you, you never realize that, like. The, the like spaces for this kind of thing are quite limited, and like there's obviously tons of Japanese people who don't live in Tokyo or Osaka. Mm-hmm. So to, mm-hmm. make, to make like extra money, you know, they do right. tend to release it on on BD. So oh, yeah. if, if we if we don't get a stream, then, then I would say like the, we'll this definitely get something. Well, like, I, I honestly, at this point, I kind of feel like Utena and Sarah Zenmai are, like, bouncing off of each other as far as keeping, <laughs> yeah, they're like, re- an kind of reflecting popularity at each other. So, like, it's, it's interesting. I'm to... not surprised that the guy that played Sainji is going to be Jukai, though. Yeah, no, not because, surprised at all. Like, his thing, it, uh, Yokoi's thing in the first uh, musical was that he ad-libbed a scene in every show, oh. and... And it was like this very kind of ridiculous extra thing, and it's exactly the kind of crap you'd expect from Sciencey. So this fit really well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not surprised that he got hired to play Chikai, but that makes me think that that's what they're going to use the character for. Like, it's not going to be like, you know, badass cool Chikai. It's no, going to be gonna like, like Enta into certain death and then run like... <laughs> yeah. It's going to be that Chikai. I, think I love the Enta Chikai friendship. <laughs> that's... Honestly, huh? that's one of the high points of the show. Yeah, for me. That was like one of my favorite Chikai, like the team up we never knew we needed. <laughs> I yeah, that, that was like. To be, it's very fun. I, I do wish we had seen like a bit more of an interplay between like you know the adult characters, you know, Chikai yeah. and like the child characters. Mm-hmm. Like they got like very little time together over the course mm-hmm. of like the anime. It, it really mm-hmm. felt like like ninety nine percent of the time, very really much just like what. In their like separate adventures, <laughs> that they're like, well, yeah. well, well, and, and, like the only thing really like between them was like you know the Kappa zombies and like then episode eight you know Rayo goes well and only episode six well Rayo goes and like tries to murder Haruka and Enter. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, like <laughs> I, I was just joking with um, one of my mutuals a while back. Just like imagine being like Kazuki or Ender just watching like. Episode ten go down between Rayo and Mab. Like those have been so confused. Like, what the hell are these guys? Like, what is their life drama all about? I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope like Kepi is played in this. Someone had to, because like yeah. I don't, it's basically at some point they Rayo and Mabu show up, the kids meet them, and like shortly after someone gets shot. So <laughs> <laughs> up until that entire point, their entire arcs are completely separate in the anime. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I guess they they had to keep them apart because that escalation had to be safe for later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much as soon as Rayo found out that um, the kids were able to acquire dishes, mm-hmm. someone was gonna get shot. So yeah, I, I don't. I didn't blame think they were them. actually gonna like actually actually do it. I'm kind of impressed that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay. I, just, I just remember that during episode eight. They all literally lost like zero fans after just murdering Enter. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah, this didn't bother me. <laughs> I, was, you know, I will say that, like, I think that shows that like Rayo is my well-written character. That like he, he literally spends like the first up to at least like episode nine. He is literally just like the main villain. He kind of reminds me of, uh, he's like a Nanami character, in that like, you end up liking him despite him doing horrible things. <laughs> he like shoots a boy out of nowhere, and we're like, it's fine, okay, it's, okay. it's Rayo, just like Nanami kills a kitten, we're like, look, that kitten had it coming. Okay, but, but the best Rayo moment is when he takes the dishes and then taunts them after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's no, great. No, no. <laughs>
the actor for Rayo, I, I think he is like by some distance like the most popular actor there. So like, I'm, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess that's the same with the anime. You know, they've got like Miano, who's like extremely popular. So you mm-hmm. can go and do Rayo. It doesn't seem like many of the actors that are going to be in this have much of a presence, like like a substantial presence. But I don't really it, like we we looked into who they were when we were talking about the musical announcement, but like there wasn't really much of note. Hmm. Yeah. There's Other than like Yakoi, I guess. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's going to show it to cities because like I haven't seen like it, i haven't certainly been following tons of them but now i kind of see like what some of the actors from each and one do after things like that mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like it's especially common for any of these shows to go and like tokyo and osaka i mean it's not much like of a that. tour but it's no, still a tour but it's still yeah like it's usually just going to park its ass at one place and stay there so this is kind of unusual for the stage show to go to two cities like, that's something that uh, mm-hmm. we haven't seen with any of the actors and actresses from Usuna. Other than Sailor Moon. When they mm-hmm. do Sailor Moon, they go to her. Well, Sailor Moon is a, a force of nature. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, Panda here. So, unfortunately, at this point in the episode, the audio cut out completely and was totally not salvageable at all. So... This is going to have to be where the episode ends. I hope that you enjoyed it. There wasn't really much after this that you missed anyway. But uh, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at UtanaCast. That's the Twitter account for our sister podcast, Imagine Me and Utana, a revolutionary girl Utana podcast. If you'd like to check out other things I do in the world of podcasting, you can check out The Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. If you'd like to follow Yasha and Vana online, you can check out their website, Empty Movement, at otori.mu or you can check out their twitter account at otori underscore nu if you want to hear other things that yasha and vana do in the world of podcasting you can check out puella magi modica magicast a podcast about puella magi modica magica that i edit if you would like to check out the other things that megan does online you can check out at anime soak megan on twitter that's at anime soak megan like anime society megan and also kappazon.info it's a great website for information on sarah zanmai and unfortunately since i don't have my other co-hosts here to do the ending with me i'll have to do it by myself thank you for joining us we have been sarah zanmai (laughs) 